Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your one-stop shop for raising kids in this tech-heavy world. We bring on professionals and experts to give you all the tools you need to help your kids become fire-breathing warriors that have the strength to break out of the mold society has put them in. At the end of the day, we're all here for one reason, to help save some kids. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Save the Kids podcast. It's your host, Nate Webb, live in Studio Salt Lake City area, and we got a show for you today. We can all agree that the internet is a massive double-edged sword. It can be a great tool, but can also have its pitfalls. One of the long-term consequences uh, that <laughs> humanity is facing from ultra-exposure for the instant gratification of the internet has been a bit of a struggle with emotional regulation in general. Um, and it's not just because the internet, it's because we're humans. Emotions have had a bad rep for a long time and it needs to be addressed. So Save the Kids actually attended a workshop from an amazing individual and we all agreed that she should come on the show. So Sheree Murdoch is a life and confidence coach for teens and young adults, a hype girl and a life cheerleader for anyone who will let her. And she's been featured on CO5 and Good Things Utah. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. So first of all, how the heck are you? So good. So good. <laughs> That's good. And where are you coming at us from? So I live in Willard, Utah. So north of oh. south of Brigham City. Okay. Just one of the towns in that. Well, mush- officially we're where all the peaches grow. You know, peach days oh. and Brigham City, but Perry and Willard are where all the peaches grow. <laughs> there you go, guys. There's, so peaches, there's peaches in Utah, not just Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Peaches in northern Utah. There you go. Well, okay. So how did you get into this space of like confidence coaching and life coaching? And tell us your story. Lay it on us. Yeah. So five years ago, I went to the life coach school and was certified um, as a life coach. And before that, I worked with a lot of adults, teens, young adults in the space of kind of physical health, more on the natural side of in the world of but zoning. And I found that a lot of people that I worked with and helped had a lot of emotional struggles that were actually creating a lot of physical dissonance in their body. And I wanted to learn more about that. I wanted to help more teens, young adults um, navigate crazy world of, of emotions. I was a teen once and I didn't do it real well. (laughs) So (laughs) I wanted to help others do it better than I did. I also had four children and teens and now I have four young adults so just watching different people navigate mental health uh just growing up in a crazy world and knowing that there's a need for it and knowing that emotions get a bad rap and I want to change the story for a lot of people with that I love that why do you why do emotions get such a bad rep like what what is the stereotype there because stereotypes are embedded and have truths and so but what what is the reason emotions get such a bad rep well there's a few reasons um number one is our survival brain that is very much a part of us doesn't know the difference between pain like physical pain and emotional pain so when we experience anything that could cause physical pain, we're going to be a little leery of it. You know, if you and I went on a hike, uh, we are too close to a cliff. Our brain is just going to warn us that we're too close to the cliff so we don't fall down and get hurt. And the same thing happens with emotional pain. If we could 
if it's possible that we're in a position where we could feel embarrassment, rejection, inadequacy, insecurity, our brain's also going to warn us not to get too close to that, to mm. avoid that. And that's because our brain can't differentiate between physical pain and emotional pain. And we have some emotions that feel very painful and we don't yeah, like to feel them. We, we do. So that, that's one of them. And the other is our programming from the time we're really young. Anytime, you know, you see a little child cry or a baby cry, we all just like rescue that child from those tears, you know, whether we give them food, right. whether we give them our cell right. phone to just stop the discomfort. Yeah. yeah. So little kids, we, we are programmed very young that something has gone wrong if we feel a negative emotion and that someone needs to fix it for us. Or if it doesn't go away and if no one fixes it for us, we must be broken. Something must be terribly wrong because all of a sudden I feel anxious or I feel sad and mm. no one's fixing that emotion for me. And it creates a lot of problems in our head. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Emotions really do get a bad rep. So I'm also, uh, I've been a high school counselor for the last four years in Tooele County School District. Um, and so, yeah, talking to a lot of kids that, you know, are just so ashamed of the emotions that they feel. And like a, a lot of times I'm finding that emojis have replaced emotions and kids are terrified to speak on the phone, like to use their cell phone, their beloved cell phone. They're terrified to talk to someone face to face. And this, yeah, there's a lot of emotion. So what is the truth and the power of emotions? Because the, the, the storyline that, you know, our, our brains, our identity systems are trying to tell us is that emotions are bad. They're scary. Avoid them at all costs, but there's truth and power. And so tell us about that. Well, emotions make us human. You know, none of us are robots. So emotions allegedly just kidding, (laughs) you know what we emotions connect us with other people. And so there's real power in that connection. They can emotions connect us to uh, ourselves, to other people, you know, to a higher power. That's what really connects us. And so emotions um, are needed. The other thing with emotions that is important to know is that they're clues. They really help us know, um, maybe there's something that we need to pay more attention to, or maybe there's something we need to change, or maybe there's something we need to do, but we dismiss them. And we, you know, we think that we, we push them down or we shove them away or we distract ourselves from them because we think that we're going to die. When really the reality is, is they're amazing. They help us, they help us navigate life. I often change the narrative with my teens. I coach instead of there being negative emotions and positive emotions. We just have red light emotions and green light emotions. There you go. Comfortable so, and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Green lights, man. We love it when we hit those green lights and can sell right through them. Right. We're just, <laughs> yeah. And red lights are such a pain in the butt. They're such a nuisance and we hate stopping, but that's what keeps us safe. That's what gives us clues and, you know, helps us pay attention when we're driving. And that's the same thing with our emotions. We have those emotions that they give us clues. They help us know what's going on. They're important. We need to feel them. And nothing has gone wrong when we feel them. Nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people think like something's, I'm feeling anxiety. Something must be wrong. I must have an anxiety disorder. And I feel like less people actually have anxiety disorders versus people who just are experiencing anxiety and don't know how to process it. And yeah. so how do we process some of these red emotions when we're starting to feel them? 
because it starts with the parents, guys. If your kids are having a hard time processing your emotions, we, we, we struggle with this too. We, we are, we are the, you know, <laughs> ground zero for that. And so how, how do we process those emotions when they pop up? Yeah, I love this question. And I want to get back to anxiety after I tell you this, because anxiety is one of those emotions that trips most people up. But we process emotions first by naming it. So neuroscientists have done so many studies about that. And when we name our emotion, the intensity of the vibration that the emotion creates in our body decreases by half just by giving it a name. And with that naming it, I'm, I say, okay, we want to feel our emotions. We're not our emotions. So people all the time will say things like, oh, I am so mad. No, I feel mad because our emotions aren't who we are. They're just right. It's time for that joke. Hi, mad. I'm dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we name it. As soon as we name it, it's crazy how that intensity calms down. And the second thing we need to do is validate it. Of course, I feel this way. There's re- always a reason for feeling it. Mm-hmm. And maybe I hate feeling this way, but it totally makes sense. You know, I use the example, like if someone broke into your house, are you going to feel happy? No, like if someone breaks in your house, you're going to feel violated and mad and right. scared and upset. It's natural. Yeah. It's natural. And so, of course. And so just telling your brain like, okay, this is why I feel this emotion. And it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. It would be weird if I was happy about this. Right. That is so huge. Number right. three is to give it permission to stay. Now, this one's so counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. No, don't stay. I don't want to feel anxious. I don't want that to stay. I don't want, you know, lonely to stay or embarrassment. But it's what we resist persists. So like what we try to push away, like is just going to come bigger. And I use this silly example, but like if a three-year-old's throwing a fit and mom says, stop throwing that shit, what happens to the fit? (laughs) It increases. But if mom was like, hey, you can throw a fit. It's okay. The kid's like, what? (laughs) Well, now I don't want to. (laughs) No, I don't want to. And that's actually what happens in our emotions because as soon as we give it permission to stay and go with us and, you know, we can still go to school and feel anxious. We can still go talk to someone, call someone on the phone and feel a little nervous while we do it. But we can feel the emotion and we can go do whatever we want to do. Giving it permission to be with us in our actions is really powerful. And the fourth one is just to notice where it is in our body because noticing where that is hanging out in our body opens that door to let it go and to be on our way. Right. And it also helps you. I kind of identify when you can feel yourself getting triggered. You might not notice that like, like inwardly, you might not be noticing that you're feeling that way, but you're starting to feel tension in certain parts of your body that only get tension when you're feeling certain emotions. Like, oh crap, I'm getting X, Y, and Z. I need to, you know, engage in certain coping mechanisms to, to, to help regulate those emotions. Um, There's so many, so many, um, parents will say my child's having so many stomach aches they're like just they just can't even stay at school because they're having so many stomach aches yeah more than not that's related to some emotions they're feeling Mm. and 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 so i think that's just a really good clue of like okay there's a lot of emotion going on there's a lot of stress or anxiety can we get back to anxiety real quick please please yes why is it why does anxiety trip us up because anxiety isn't just one emotion so oh my gosh all have vibrations in our body. So if we're feeling worried, scared, nervous, stress, panic, inadequacy, 
you know, all of them all at once, that's anxiety. I call anxiety the blanket emotion. There's so much underneath it. There's so many different emotions that we're feeling all at once. And we label it with like, I feel anxious, meaning I have a lot of emotions right now in my body and I don't know what they are and I don't know why I'm feeling them. Mm. And so my brain is saying, you know, something's gone wrong and sometimes our breathing will change and, you know, our, we'll start shaking and our body will actually have some physical effects of it because there's so many different emotions going on that we're not addressing because we're constantly running away from those emotions. They're like a tiger chasing them. Mm. Man. So it's not necessarily the, the the feeling of anxiety itself, but anxiety is a reaction to emotions that we don't know how to handle and it scares us. And so then anxiety comes in and makes life real fun for us. <laughs> so when we can start paying attention, you know, like writing down all the emotions we're feeling like, and this is why I'm feeling this. And we go through that whole process, that four step process with all of them we start to gain control and power over the emotions instead of them having control mm, over us. That's big. We don't have to be afraid of an emotion anymore. We don't have to, we don't have to, like nothing's gone wrong that we feel an emotion. We're not broken. Yeah. I think that's a big one because a lot of people think that they are broken because they're feeling that emotion and recognizing that it's natural. And just because you're sad, even if you have a depressive disorder, it doesn't mean you're broken. Exactly. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It yeah. you means you're human mm-hmm. and sometimes humans need help and it's normal. And there's a lot of clues with that because a lot of times, you know, when we are feeling depressed and we're, we have, maybe we have a disorder, maybe have something going on, our body is screaming at us that it needs something more. Maybe it yeah. needs more B vitamins. Maybe it needs more sleep. Maybe it needs, you know, a lot something. of times it needs something or maybe it needs more sunlight. Maybe, Maybe it needs to cry. Maybe like, you know, and so our body is just giving us lots of clues that there's something that is needed and not that we're broken or we're a problem. It's just screaming at us. Uh, Yeah. Imagine if we would have the framework of our emotions, are clues instead of problems, instead of I'm trying to get rid of my depression. I'm trying to figure out what this depression is trying to tell me. What is, what is the clue? What is the underlying thing that I need to address you know, and it becomes it becomes such an inquis- inquisitive thing versus a fearful thing where you're trying yeah, to figure it out instead of being scared of it. That's my desire. That's why I talk so much about emotions, because I would say that almost every addiction, every uh, social struggle. I mean, there's so many things that are all a fallout of not being able to process emotions and feel emotions. You know, we we over on our phones. We, you know, we're on phones way too much. We gravitate to that. We overeat, you know, a lot of times like drugs, alcohol, pornography, all those things get involved, but it's all because we're trying to escape these emotions that are actually there for our benefit to, to give us clues. But we're so afraid of them that we're trying to find a way to run away from them and hide from them. And then we get ourselves into things that create more of the red light emotions and more of the problem. And we get trapped in our emotions. And that's a difficult place to be when we're trapped in our emotions because so little psychology nerd moment for you listeners, our brains cannot multitask. So when we are feeling one emotion, we cannot feel two opposing emotions at the same time. Similarly, when your amygdala is in full throttle, your amygdala is the emotion part of your brain. When it's in, when it's in full throttle, the blood flow to your prefrontal cortex, which is your logic brain, it stops. 
No blood flow stops because a fight or flight keep you alive mode is in your amygdala. And so when you're in your emotions, it's 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 a really hard place to be. Um, because when I guess when they're taking you over instead of you you being the one in the pilot seat. And so how can we what are some things we can do to help teach children and teens to feel their emotions? Because they feel a lot of emotions and they don't like hearing from us. That <laughs> Just feel the suck. Just let it suck for a little bit. It'll be okay, but it'll suck first, you know? <laughs> so how can we help our kids and our teens feel those emotions? Well, I think number one, by example, letting yeah. feel our emotions, right? As adults, most um, adults aren't, living in emotional adulthood themselves where they allow their emotions and they feel them and, you know, they give others permission to feel their emotions too. We say things instead like stop crying or like, why are you so depressed? Or, you know, we're telling our kids all the time to stop. So first start with ourselves and then, and then maybe reframe what we say to them and encourage them to cry or talk or feel sad or allow them to per se throw the fits of their emotions. And that's really hard for us as adults because we're going to feel our own emotions when our kid's upset and we want them to fix their emotions so we can fix ours. Yeah. So we give other people that responsibility. So first off, be an example, guys. <laughs> feel, feel your, you, if you want your kid to be able to cope with their emotions in a healthy way, you need to cope with your emotions in a healthy way. You know, and and it's okay. So many parents think it shows weakness to show emotions, and it's quite the opposite because you're you're showing your kids a scaffolding for how they can handle that life trials back and forth. I, I when I speak in schools, I, I I tell parents if you're willing to lose your crap at someone in front of your child, maybe be willing to apologize to that person in front of your child. A lot of us, right, when we lose our cool with someone, we lose our cool in public, and then in private, we apologize. We pull them aside, talk to them in private, you know, hey, I'm so sorry about that earlier. Da, 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 da. But all our kids see, well, oh, man, they totally dysregulated there. Woof. That's okay, I guess. You know, they don't see the private apologies. When your kids see you process those emotions, make mistakes, apologize, it does wonders for them because then they can also learn it themselves. Uh, what are some other things we can do to help enforce that with our kids? Just helping them know that any emotion isn't bad. Well, I take it back. I think one emotion is, I think that's shame. I think shame has no useful part, but any other emotion is a hundred percent understandable. Yeah. And so an emotion isn't bad. What we do with the emotion can be what's the problem. It's the I behavior like that. that comes from the emotion. I like that. So teaching our kids like, okay, it's okay. You feel upset. It's not okay that you went and shoved your brother, you know, or right. it's okay that you feel this. And so I think that constantly like showing them it's okay you feel this by, by telling them, and this is what's not okay, the behavior, or how can you do that differently next time? You can feel sad, but what's a better way to navigate sad? Right. And so it's I, redirecting them. Yeah. I understand you're mad. Maybe don't pile drive your brother in the back of the head. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a no, no. We don't, we yeah. frown upon that. Yeah. It makes so much sense, but it's so hard for us to swallow sometimes because when we get in that and we're like no this doesn't feel natural this doesn't feel good this feels bad i don't like it how how can we get over that mindset it's just practicing too it really is just allowing ourselves to be imperfect at even feeling our emotions um we are going to have some intense ones we are going to have some times where 
that logical brain like you were talking about is absolutely not there. And we are in fight or flight and we are reactive from our emotions. But it's just continuing to say, okay, next time I want to handle it this way and I'm going to practice this and I'm giving other people that space to practice too because it does not come natural. And none of us, it's not going to be easy for any of us for some time. You know, we're just going to take us some time to get good at it and to allow ourselves to practice it. Uh, it takes practice, guys. Give yourself some grace. You're going to yell at your kids still. I still yell at my kids sometimes. It happens. We're not perfect human beings. We slip up. We cuss sometimes. Life happens and you yep. move forward. You learn yep. from and it. For sure. Sometimes we have what I call emotional flu days. And it's just like the physical <laughs> flu. Like you just get it, right? Yep. And you're going to be messy those days. And you're going to for sure need to do what I call buffer, which is, you know, maybe, maybe on those days I do need an extra crumble cookie or I need to go watch Netflix, but I'm going to allow myself. I'm going to be like, this is an emotional food date. And there's a ton of emotions going on through my body. And I'm just going to let myself be human today. And I'm not going to handle things perfectly. And then also allow our kids to have those emotional food days where they are just going to be kind of a mess. And that's okay. Yeah, man. Oh, this has been so good and really eye-opening, I feel like, for a lot of people. That it is, guys, give your kids permission to feel and give yourselves permission to feel. Now, some things distract us from feeling our emotions. Some things we use as a crutch to, to you know, unhealthy coping mechanisms that we engage in instead of feeling our emotions. A big one for teens is that cellular device where they just turn to that sucker instead of just feeling the feelings. Um, and so try to come up with some places and ways in your home that you can get your kid away from those distractions so that they can be in tune with their emotions and feel those emotions, whether it be tech free zones in your house, or maybe talk about as a family of things that you do and don't do with your phone so that you can have, they, they can have those places where they don't, they don't, they have less distractions. Um, so that they can feel those emotions better. Well, any parting words as we wrap up this episode here today? No, it's such a pleasure to be with you and amen to everything you said. And I, I think the more we practice this, the stronger we're going to be as a, as a people, as a nation, as a world, because things would totally change in our whole, on our whole planet if we would allow emotions and practice yeah. going. Big time. So how can people see what you were up to and what you do? Shameless plug time. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I'm on Instagram, streamer.coaching. Um, you can go to my website, streamer.coaching as well. And yeah, I have a course that I teach how to be a teen successfully and also how to be a young adult successfully. You can access those there or I do one-on-one -on -one coaching to help teens or young adults navigate their emotions, their mindset, increase their confidence, help them live their best life. And there you go. And all that will be in the podcast description. So please go check her out. She is amazing. Um, If you want to go check us out, we're on Instagram at Save the Kids Inc. And if you would like us to come to your church school event, whatever it might be, fill out the speaker form in the description as well. Um, Always remember, guys, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight-second hug, and we'll see you on the next one.